Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's the joint. Mega Picks podcast collaboration. We do it every Thursday. You saw the Chris Sims Unbuttoned logo. It's also PFTPM. Chris Sims Unbuttoned presented by Under Armour. And this week there are only 13 games. Six teams on a bye. So we have extra time that we will piss away in the first five to ten minutes of today's joint Mega Picks podcast. Because I get to gloat today, Christopher. <laughs> I get to gloat because last week, ass whooping. Look at that, baby! Ass look at the yellow. The yellow is good, and I am in the yellow five out of six categories, and we are tied on the category I care about the most: best bets for the season at ten and eight. I finally caught you after I had a horrible performance week three and four or thereabouts. But yeah, we disagreed on two games last week, and those two games fell my way. Not happy with my performance against the spread. We're both underwater there, but straight up. We were, well, I was 9-0 and through the 1 o'clock Eastern games on Sunday. Yep. But it all fell apart thanks to the Browns, thanks to the Broncos, and ultimately thanks to the Bills. That's where my three losses came from. Uh, yeah, you had a great week. I, I'm, I'm, like, disappointed in myself. I don't even know what else to say. I really am. I, I like, this, the time, I fight through this every year where I go through a point where I just get a little too in the weeds about some of these matchups, and I overthink them. And I've done that. I'm on a like a two, three week run here of being pretty average, and um, I changed up my routine, of course, because of that. I did. I went in a different way about how I picked the games and broke them down a little bit, and I'm hoping it's going to work out. So we'll see. But I'm I'm really disappointed. I'm not far behind in any area, so I'm not worried about catching you yet. Um, but damn, I got to be better. That's for sure. Well, we got 12 weeks left, and maybe you shouldn't be in the weed when you're making your pick. I maybe don't. I'm not. I mean, maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe I need you to should be. be. Maybe, exactly. I mean, that is one of the things it does do for me at times. You know, I always tell people this, Mike, that when I smoke weed, I am the smartest I can possibly be for about 50 minutes. As far minutes. as you think. Well, as far as you think. I, I don't know. Even when I'm with people, they're always like, damn, you're, you're, you're high? Like, whoa, uh, that's, a, that's a thought. That's interesting. But then I progressively get stupid, stupider and stupider after that first 45 to 50 minutes. And then I become, yeah, like the dumb stoner you see on TV. So uh, maybe I should try that. If it doesn't go good this week, next week, I'm going to do that. I think the challenge is, and I go through this every week, it's finding kind of a sweet spot where 
You trust what you know. Yeah. You don't overthink it. You right. don't underthink it. Yes. There's just a certain range you can land in and say, this is what I think is going to happen. This is what I envision. And ultimately, nobody knows. Ultimately, they don't. If anybody did, they'd be winning and they'd be banned from betting. They'd have to use third parties to place their bets because the casinos would want nothing to do with them. As it stands, the sport books say, bring everyone because over time, it's very hard to win. Although... The short-term victories feel pretty good. I yeah. feel pretty good. I'll tolerate the long-term losses if I get the short-term victory, and I got it this week, and we'll see if we can continue it. And let's get right to it. Thursday night, things get started with a game that, when the schedule came out, I kind of was like, oh, man, the Browns, Browns are just going to kill the Broncos week seven Thursday night. But the Browns banged up. No Baker Mayfield. Case Keenum gets the start. A lot of injuries for Cleveland. The Broncos started 3-0. and Lost three in a row. Browns are only two-point favorites at home with an over-under of 41. That's the lowest of the week. It opened at 44, but it dropped due to injuries. Chris, who do you have? Well, I, I'm, I'm back and forth on this game. I really am. It, I mean, it, it, this is one where I'd go, it, it's too close to call to a degree. you know. But I think ultimately what I'm coming down to is I'm going to pick the Broncos because I am scared about some of those injuries with the Browns football team. Yeah, I mean, you got two great running backs not playing. And of course, we don't know where the tackles are at in this situation. And honestly, I'm, I'm, as we sit here right now, I'm not expecting them to play. I'm not. We'll see where that goes. But I think with the run, and even if they do play, they're not going to be 100%. It's a very good Broncos defense. Uh, I'm not going to say it's great, but it's very good. And I just look at it to the point of Vic Fangio being smart, you know, with the Browns being less than 100%. I don't know if I could sit here and say, oh, I think they're going to run the ball consistently on the Broncos' defense. I don't. And then off of that, yeah, pass protection issues if the tackles aren't in there, right? I mean, Von Miller's going to murder one of these guys that's that's uh, that's playing this weekend or tonight. And then I just don't know if the Browns' passing offense is diverse enough to just live on its own without the running game. And that's where I get down to that. And then, hey, just to flip it over real quick, the Broncos' offense – Teddy Bridgewater, it's a big game. Listen, he has not played all that well the last few weeks, certainly. But the Browns' defense seems to give you a number of plays every week. And they're talented, but I just don't trust them. I'm going to go with the Broncos pulling off the upset here. I'm going to go 20-17 to Broncos. Mild upset it would be. Yeah. I've got 24-21 Broncos. Oh, Same you're going there too. you articulated. And this one's dangerous to pick on Thursday morning, right? late morning, early afternoon. This will debut later in the day. But this is one of those you want to take it right up to 90 minutes before kickoff when they say who's active and who isn't because the Broncos will be facing an offense in Cleveland has a lot of questionable guys. If the tackles don't play, Vaughn Miller's more likely to feast the center, J.C. Treader is questionable. Odell Beckham Jr. is questionable. Will Jarvis Landry be activated and added to the roster? These are all things that remain to be seen. But for now, I like the Broncos to pull off what would be an upset and to send the Cleveland Browns to 3-4, and four, which would set off alarm bells all throughout Northeast Ohio. And we have an item at PFT. Somebody bet five hundred grand on the Broncos plus four wow. before it dropped wow. to plus two before Baker Mayfield was ruled out. And it raises the question that I always have, does somebody have inside information? Because that's a lot of money to put on some average random Thursday night game. Yeah, no, it is. And, and here, one other aspect that I just I think we need to bring up, I mean, the Broncos had issues protecting last week. 
You know, and it's the first time all year they had real issues along those lines uh, as far as sacks are concerned, but something to watch out for, of course, with Miles Garrett and company coming off the edge. You know what? I'm going to do something I rarely do. Yeah. Because I talked earlier about finding that sweet spot and not overthinking it. I'm changing my pick. Okay. I think the Browns are going to win. Okay. I'm going to flip it 24-21 Browns. Flip me over, Pete. Give me Browns 24-21. Okay. I, I like that. I don't, I just, I, I got to trust that feeling. And when it comes along, you just got to take it. And it what just made you trust it all of a sudden? What, what was it that made you go there? I, I, when I, when I said that the Browns would lose their fourth game, I just think that that they're going to muster everything they possibly can to avoid losing this one because they've got the Steelers and Bengals the next two. And if they lose this one, they're screwed, I think. And I think that that desperation factor that can permeate the entire organization from the coach all the way down, the urgency that Kevin Stefanski will bring to the table, I think that's the difference maker. I think they need this one more than the Broncos because the Broncos didn't come into the season with the weight of expectations. The Browns did. And this is national TV. And I don't care who plays and who doesn't play. This is gut check time for the Cleveland Browns. And I think that that they just kind of came to me as we were talking about it. I think the Browns will not blow it in this circumstance. I may be wrong. And if but if I, I am wrong are. and the Browns lose, they they uh they're screwed. Yeah. All right. Uh let's move to Sunday afternoon, one o'clock Eastern. The Cincinnati Bengals, or the Bengals, if you're Chris Sims, play the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Ravens are six point favorites over under a forty seven. Chris, the Ravens seem to be moving in the right direction. They dominated the Chargers. They beat the Bengals last year in Baltimore, 27-3, before Joe Burrow got injured. What do you think happens this time around? Yeah, I, I listen, I, you know what I I, th- I say. I mean, the Bengals are real. They are. They're not going anywhere. Are they real enough to go into Baltimore and pull off an upset? I, I'm not sure about that. I think i got to see that first. That would be the first thing I'm going to say. I mean, again, you know, uh, Ravens, I think what's different about their offense, we know they can run the ball. There's no doubt about that. I'm not sure how good the Bengals' run defense really is. I'm not. you know. So it's like one of those things where, yeah, they've had some games where they've been real good, and they've had some other games where you go, wow, I, I didn't think they would get run on to, the, to that capacity. So I'm a little unsure there. I know their pass defense is good, but – uh, you know, what, what's different about the Ravens offense this year is yes, they can run the ball, but if you overplay the run in any way, Lamar in the passing game will beat you, period. There's end of story. There's no doubt about it. He's throwing the ball great. He's making really good decisions. He's accurate as hell right now. So I think that's the one I look at a little bit. And then as much as I look, love Jamar Chase and Burrow and Joe Mixon. They're very reliant on big plays in Cincinnati. And I just have a hard time. It's it's a lot of short passes, short passes, short passes, short passes. Okay, we got you in a man-to-man. We'll take a shot to Jamar Chase. Or like last week, it's a fourth down, and we snuck the back out of the backfield, and Joe Mixon got a ball wide open, and he ran for a 40-yard touchdown. I, I, I don't see the Ravens defense giving up big plays like that. I don't. So al- along the way, they're playing with the creativity of Mink Martindale and the scheme. Uh They have played pretty good up front. I have a hard time thinking the Bengals are going to be able to run the ball on them successfully. i got to go with the Ravens here. I'm going Ravens 24-17. I'm in the same mindset that you are. I've got 27-17. I just think right now the Ravens are at a point where they they are on the front end of a run of dominance, and they're capable of it. We saw what they did to the Los Angeles Chargers last week. 
And as I said earlier today on PFT Live, I feel like they waste some of these thrilling wins they've had if they let the Bengals come in there and beat them and even the records at five and two through seven games with the Bengals technically in first place. I just think that both sides of the ball, the Ravens a little bit better. The coaching, the clear edge to Baltimore, John Harbaugh, Wink Martindale, Greg Roman and company. I just think this is one where the Ravens win kind of in methodical fashion, even though they may see some things from Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase that make them concerned about the future in the division. For now, I think the division still belongs to the Ravens. Yeah, I'm with you there. You know, I think what holds me back a little bit with the Bengals, and I think they got some of the toughness and physicality, certainly. But, yeah, maybe their O-line. I wish they were a hair more creative in their pass game. I do. I think it's a little too basic for Baltimore, and I think they'll be able to break it down and drop people all in the right areas. And, of course... They got a guy where, and Marlon Humphrey, he's on a short list of guys where I do think he can run with Jamar Chase, and you can match him up in a few man-to-man situations and feel okay. It's dangerous. We know that. Uh, but, yeah, it's Baltimore's riding high. They got that confidence going. I think it's going to be a fun, fun game to watch, but I just can't pick the Bengals in this one quite yet. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there, unlike Thursday night's game. Washington and Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Packers with their awesome throwback uniforms where they peel off the G's, they peel off the stripes, they go green on green. Washington coming to town, limping into Lambeau as seven and a half point underdogs, 49 point over under. Chris, I'm going to take the first word yeah, on this please one. Do. I've been riding the Packers. I've been riding the Packers, and I'll tell you right now, it's going to be one of my best bets. I'm riding the Packers until they cool off because they're beating the spread every week. I don't know what Vegas is thinking. Maybe somebody there is smoking crack, as you've suggested in the past, but these lines are, are, are too low. The Packers are better than what these spreads suggest. Four and a half last week against the Bears – too low seven and a half this week at home against the Washington football team too low 31 17 Packers win I, I mean listen I, I got I'm gonna have a similar score I'm going 31 20 uh with the Packers here I am but I mean let me let's just keep it simple the, the Packers are better in every way possible you know they should be able to run the ball uh should be able to throw the ball at will you know I think they're gonna put the Washington football team in a bind on the defensive side. I mean, again, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, the the Packers just don't waste plays. They run the right play into the right look almost every play, the whole game. So they're very efficient that way, and their defense is a different animal this year. And, you know, with, with Washington on offense, it's, it's just a little all over the place there. You know, I mean, Heineke did not play well last week. They had issues protecting him a little bit. It wasn't a lot of separation and – you know, for the receivers in the past game. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I, the only thing that scares me with making, like, Green Bay a best bet is, you know, they they, they are not like a a blow-you-out. They, they let teams hang around a little bit. I guess that's what scares me. You know, last week it's 17-14, and then they got to go in a drive in the fourth quarter, and that's what would scare me from the best bet. But uh, either way, I, I think we both see it the same way, that they're clearly in a different class than the Washington football team. Yeah, I got a little nervous last week yeah late in that game yeah and I think it wasn't until the I own you I bleeping own you moment that it finally fell Green Bay's way and they covered and they didn't look back so we're on the same page with that one as well let's move on to Miami where the Dolphins not wanting a bye week after playing in London they yeah. had that hard-fought game that they lost to the Jaguars come back 
and play a game the following Sunday against a Falcons team that had week six off after playing in London in week five. The Falcons are two and a half point favorites at Hard Rock Stadium. This is one of the few games that you look at for the Dolphins and say they should win it, but they're still underdogs. I don't know that should is the right word here. The over-under is 47 and a half. I'm leaning Falcons, Chris. I'm taking Falcons. Tell me why you're taking the Falcons over the Dolphins. I am. I'm ta- I don't trust the Dolphins. I don't, you know, I, I, in, in, in any way. You know, again, the Falcons' defense not great, but I just look at it and go, I don't know if the, the, the Dolphins' offense can truly take advantage of that or do anything special there. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, even though, you know, Dolphins' defense has some talent, it hasn't played as good as you would expect. I mean, I think it's better, like I've, like I've said every week, better than it is statistically, but it's still not dominant or anything of that nature. And, you know, when you just boil it down and, like, you get into it and go, oh, this is a close game kind of – I'm going to take Matt Ryan and and Kyle Pitts, and I'm going to trust him more than I am too in the Dolphins' offense, period. It's just it's as simple as that. I know I'll be mad at myself if I'm sitting there on Sunday going, man – why did I think the Dolphins and Tua were going to pull this off? So I, I, I'm going with you. I'm going Falcons 28-20 in this one. And another factor, and I think that the history of the dynamics here are relevant. With the rumors, the reports sure. linking the Dolphins again to Deshaun Watson, we know what that did to Tua back in late August, early September. And now, on top of everything else, he's got to process that that this is all starting up again, and the news breaks on a Wednesday afternoon. He likely saw something about it last night or Thursday morning, and that throws another wrench into any efforts to turn this thing around. On a week where they just got back from London, yeah, lost to the Jaguars in London, it's just too much. I think the Falcons go in and the Falcons win. 27-20 is my score. What was your score? 28-20, right. All right, we're almost... Uh, we're almost twinsies. Exactly. We spent too much, too much time together. All right. Jets at the Patriots. Jets coming off of the bye after losing to the Falcons in London. The Patriots at home, where they are 0-4 this season, they're in danger of falling out of contention altogether. Now, this is one they should win easily. They dismantled the Jets back in Week 2. Do you see anything different happening this week with the Patriots as 7.5-point home favorites, 42.5-point over-under? I suspect this is a rare occasion where a team is 0-4 at home and a favorite by more than a touchdown. That just shows you how bad the Jets are. Who do you like in this one and why? Yeah, well, it's just a tough matchup. You know, it is. I I, I can see the Jets hanging around because I do think, like, Zach Zach Wilson in the offense kind of gave it to the Patriots the first time around. You know, if you remember back, the defense didn't play that bad. They they made life hard on Mac Jones and company. You know, but I think, like, ultimately my big points are just, like, I, I don't know that the Jets can move the ball consistently enough on what I look at. It's still a good Patriots defense. And, you know, I told you this morning on PFT, the one thing I don't like about the Jets is just there's not enough diversity in the offense. You know, there's not. It's pretty simple. And they asked their quarterback, who's a rookie, to make – high-level Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes-type throws consistently through the game. And I think at times it's just too much right now. As awesome as I think Zach Wilson is, like I told you, on the degree of difficulty scale as far as throws he's expected to make on the regular, it's way greater than any of the other rookie quarterbacks. And that's that scares me a little bit. 
I do think the Jets' defense can slow down Mac Jones and company. I certainly do. Uh, I like the way they play, their scheme. They play hard. They do a lot of good things. But, of course, I'm not picking the Jets. I'm going Pats 20-13 to 13 here. And I know that's Ooh. now I got the Jets covering the spread. But I, I don't know. I just can't pick the Pats to blow anybody out. I can't. I mean, damn, they almost they were this close to getting their ass blown out against the Texans a few two weeks ago. So that's where I just don't trust them. Yeah, I mean, Davis Mills had 312 yards and three touchdowns against the right. Patriots a couple of weeks ago. That was in Houston, and I think that was also not yeah, just the game, guys. Yeah, that was, right. the, and that was also the game right after that very emotional sure. game against Tom Brady sure. and company. And it was probably a game the Patriots thought they could show up and win, and they almost got shocked. I mean, they they, they aren't all that far away from being one and five. But I think the the patriot the, the hatred of the Jets that is held by Bill Belichick is still incredibly strong. Definitely. They need this one badly or they're done. They lose this one to the Jets. Oh, it's night night. I got Goodbye. 34 to 13. All right. I think the Patriots cover. I think they roll up on them. They take the wins they can get while they can get them and try to build some confidence as they move deeper into their schedule. Carolina Panthers started 3 and 0, now 3 and 3. Giants showed some promise early in the year. They're falling apart. Carolina is a 3-point favorite at MetLife Stadium. It's the Dave Gettleman Bowl with an over under of 43. Who do you like? Well, I I mean, this one's it's a close one. Like here, this is where I come down like the Giants schematically have a chance to match up here with Carolina and 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 beat them or make life hard on them. I do, schematically. But that's where that ends. You know, a little like, like we saw last week, I just don't think they have as they're not on the same playing field as far as talent as the Carolina Panthers, especially with no Saquon and no Kadarius Tony. Those and then Kenny Galladay not being healthy. You know, they need those guys for a team that doesn't have a superstar on defense. They need those one or two superstars on offense to play and make some plays for their offense to help their O-line, help their defense, help the whole football team. And you don't have them, there's just there's no way I can pick them. They can't. You know, the, 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 the Giants' D, I like the way they're coached and their scheme. But uh, the Panthers just, I think, have a few too many weapons, and they do concern me. I mean, Sam Darnold has not played well. You know, we talked about that. I do think, just like we saw last week, I mean, you, you just all you got to do is watch the highlights of the game and go, man, Minnesota was all over every pass play of the Carolina Panthers. Like, Mike Zimmer was, like, in the headset with Joe Brady. Like, oh, you're running that play? Okay, cool, I'll call this defense. So that scares me. Um, but all in all, I'm just going to go with the team here that I think is a little bit more talented and uh, I'm going to go – I just can't pick the Giants to win it, even though I do think there's some matchups that I like. 23-20, Panthers. I, it's fun. Well, it's uh, – uh, uh, the, the spread's three. Oh. So go 24-20 or 23-19. I already got 24-20. You can take 24-20. I'll go. I'll join it. Let's go Twinsies. I'm going to go 24-20. Right. I'll, go, I'll go with you there. Hey, I'll look at it this way. If the Panthers don't win this one, they are done. It is – Put a fork in him time. Lose to a one and five team and fall to three and four in that conference with all those teams with one loss and all those other teams with two or three losses. I don't know how many teams have only two losses, but the Vikings have three losses and they hold the tiebreaker over the Panthers. They lose this one and fall to three and four. They got a problem. They need to reestablish themselves. Yeah. And you know what? There's a weird little wrinkle here. Sam Darnold goes back to MetLife Stadium. Right. Even though he's already played the Jets in Carolina, he now goes back to MetLife Stadium. I wonder what that does to him, but I think they they need this one. And, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I think I made this point earlier in the week. We are at the point in the season where there's enough film out there that 
They're starting to figure out the Panthers' defense. No They're starting to figure out the no Panthers' doubt. offense. Right. I think Matt Rule and company need to put in a little work overtime to try to change things up a little bit and fool the Giants. No. From a talent standpoint, yeah. from the talent standpoint, I, I you know the, the Panthers should be better. But from a coaching standpoint, they better start mixing things up more because I think people are figuring them out. I agree, agree? I agree with you. That, that's what I. That was my point with like scheme wise. I think they can match up and do some tough things. There's no doubt. But yeah, you said it right. Carolina's more talented. And hey, again, what we saw. Listen, we see this every week. We see it every week. The weeks we haven't talked about it. It just as the game went on, teams got tired of rushing the quarterback. They die out, and and they're not getting after Daniel Jones. But like the start of the game last week with the Rams and the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones, Jason Garrett, they had no chance, no chance. I mean, I don't, what are you supposed to do when guys are getting beat in like 1.5 seconds and just crushing your quarterback? That's hard to do. And I would think that's going to be a little issue here with the, the Carolina team coming into town who has enough pass rushers to certainly give the Giants issues, and that's where I just can't trust the Giants. All right, the last game in the 1 o'clock Eastern window for Week 7, the Kansas City Chiefs, five-and-a-half-point road favorites against the Titans team that just took down the Bills. How about some respect for the Titans? Five-and-a-half-point home dogs after taking down the Bills on Monday Night Football. 57.5 over under. That's the highest of the season so far. Bills Chiefs a couple of weeks ago was the previous high at 56.5. What do you think about this one? Chris? Well, I, I mean, the Titans are hard to figure out a little bit. You know, we know the run games got going. The pass game certainly in the second half looked like it got going. But I don't know if the pass game can stand alone by itself as far as just like if Derrick Henry's not absolutely killing it. Can they depend on Ryan Tannehill? I don't know what the status of Julio Jones is. You know, I know he got hurt again, so that that plays into this a little bit. But, you know, I, I, I guess uh, the Chiefs last week against Washington played a different style of football. They played in your face, forget all the disguises. We're going to have people at the line of scrimmage, and we're going to overwhelm you with numbers in the run game. We're going to overwhelm you with blitz in the pass game. And we're going to force the issue a little bit. Yeah, you might make a play, but so what? At least, you know, our, our offense gets back on the field. They kind of got back to that. I would expect to see that again this week. I would. And I think that gives them a fighting chance. They have shown the ability to, when they need to stop a team from running, they can do that. You know, that they have over the last two or three years. And then I think the Chiefs defense, I mean, Chiefs offense is really like, Mahomes was phenomenal last week. I know he had the stupid interception, but other than that, man, he played absolutely great back to like best player in football type play. And I think their offense is close to really getting this and getting it going. So I'm going to go Chiefs 40 to 31 in this. And I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. By the way, Chris Jones, who's missed a couple of games, was limited in practice on Wednesday, so maybe they get him back, oh, which that would be, be very big. important yeah. to stopping Derrick Henry. But they showed in the NF in the AFC, not NFC, AFC Championship game in 2019, an ability to slow him down. Remember, the Titans were up 10 points on two different occasions in the first half of that game before the Chiefs found the gas pedal. Right. So uh, I, I think the Chiefs win this one as well. You have 40-31. to 31. I've got 31-21. You were going way over at 71 total points. I got 62. We both like the over. I like the Chiefs by 10. You like them by 9. We are in agreement on every game in the 1 o'clock window on Sunday. Our only disagreement so far, thanks to me changing my mind on the fly, is the Thursday night game. Let's take a break when we resume the 4 o'clock Eastern games from Week 7 Sunday, including 
Matthew Stafford with potential revenge against the Lions. At the same time, Jared Goff has potential revenge against the Rams. We'll be back with more PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton presented by Under Armour right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbutton, presented by Under Armour. Joint Megapix podcast, week seven, already week seven. You can say that every week. I can't believe it's week seven. I can't believe it's week eight. I can't believe it's not butter. All right, let's get into it. The (laughs) Lions at the Rams. (laughs) I remember that commercial. 15 point. And I do too. I'm thinking, do they still even make that stuff? 15 points. Because it used to be don't eat butter. Then it was don't eat margarine. Now, I guess just don't eat anything yellow and congealed. I guess that's the best approach, even though I love butter. Me too. Rams, uh, 15 point favorites. I don't know how the hell we got there. 15 point favorites against the Lions, over under a 50 and a half. This one is fascinating. One of the most fascinating games with a double digit spread I can ever imagine. Chris, so many different angles, so many different wrinkles, so much pent-up frustration going both ways. Who do you like and well, by yeah. how many? Yeah, well, you know I like the Rams. I think the real question is by how many. Yeah, right. I mean, I, it is the Rams. I, I, You know, hey, game against the Seahawks last week against the Giants. I think they've gotten their defense figured out. It's playing at a little higher level than it was early in the football season for sure. You know, Lions offense, Jared Goff and company – Listen, there's nothing you can really talk about to go, oh, that they're good in that area. Oh, that okay, that that so there's nothing to look at there. I just don't know where they have any advantage at all. Maybe other than just trying to slow the game down and run the ball. But, you know, I, they're not good enough to, at running the ball even to do that. Lions defense, hey, it's a pain in the ass. There's no doubt that. There's no doubt. I mean, last week again, even though they got blown out, you know, the game was close in the first half. I think when we went in, it was, what, 10 nothing, 10-3? I mean, the, the defense did all it could to kind of keep them in the game. But just like we always talk about, there's only so long a defense can do that when you're out there every fourth play before the dam breaks. So that's where they're just overmatched. And I just, you know, I think at some point, of course, the defense does break. I went, I went Rams 31-16. Uh, I know that's on the spread. So let me go 31-15 Rams in this one. Oh, you could have gone 31-17. Live dangerously. Nah, I'll, go, I'll go with the cover. Rams covering sure the spread. That? I'll go with the Rams covering the spread. I will do that. I think that this is going to be a complete and total dismantling and splattering and embarrassment of the Lions. The Lions are winless. The Rams are dominant. The Rams should be 6-0. I still don't know what happened to them, what rake they stepped on to lose to the Cardinals, especially given the way they've dominated the Cardinals in recent years. But this is Sean McVay, who has internalized all of his angst about Jared Goff and has done everything he can to not say anything bad about Jared Goff. Because really, if you acknowledge that Jared Goff was as bad as you believed he was, why in the hell did you give him $33.5 million a year? But this is the opportunity, the fair opportunity... To go out there and just take apart Goff. McVeigh knows everything that makes Goff tick. What he does well, what he doesn't do well, how to confuse him, how to confound him, how to defeat him, how to destroy him. 
and they're going to be looking to do that. And then you throw on top of it the intense desire by Matthew Stafford to stick it to the Lions for wasting more than a decade of the best years of his career by putting a bunch of crap around him with some exceptions. But still, they ultimately couldn't make it work, and it wasn't Stafford's fault. We're seeing that this year. This is going to be ugly. This is going to be brutal. 41-10 to 10 may not be doing it justice. It won't surprise me if it's 59-3, to 3, Chris. The Rams are going to completely and totally obliterate the Lions. Take the Rams. Give the points. 15 is not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. I like the Rams. I love the Rams in this one. Apparently, and as you can tell, it's going to be one of my best yeah. bets. Okay, so we know two out of your three right now. Packers and Rams are best bets for sure. Uh, I hear you there. I, I mean, man, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I could see it going your way. I could see the Lions, you know, kind of covering late, being a pain in the butt a little. I, I don't know what to say. But, man, 15 points is a lot in the NFL, even when it's the, the Lions. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. It's a lot when it's the Lions, but it's not a lot when it's the Lions and the Rams, and we have these other tentacles at play with McVay on Goff and Stafford on the Rams, or the Lions, rather. I think it's going to be Man, you got me thinking. Ugly. I wasn't right. going to make it a best bet, but you got me thinking, that's for sure. Well, don't change your mind. Stick with stick with it not being one of your best bets so I can get another game up on you because okay. we're tied at 10-8. Eagles at the Raiders. Eagles had a little extra time to get ready for this one. I don't know that it matters. The Raiders get the win in Denver with Rich Basaccia as the interim coach. Raiders are only three-point favorites at home against an Eagles team that is two and 2-4 and sinking. Raiders at 4-2, and two, over under 49.5. Who do you like? Well, listen, I think this could be a, an, an upset game. I do. You know, I could see this game playing out a little bit like the Bears versus the Raiders a little bit a few weeks ago. You know, first thing is, you know, as we saw last week, I mean, yeah, the Eagles, they had some issues early on with the Bucks in the passing game, but they settled in there. The Eagles' defense is good. It is really good. And I think they'll be able to slow down the passing attack of the Raiders. I do. And I'm not sure the Raiders, I could sit here and say, are a really good run team yet. Where, like, hey, the Eagles, they're going to err on playing pass defense and not letting you make the plays that way. They kind of, like, go, well, let me see you run the ball and do it consistently before we start calling run defenses. I like that about them. I think that matches up well against the, the Raiders' uh, offense that way. And then I think the other thing, too, is, you know, the, the uh, let me see where I went. The Raiders' defense, I think, is going to have issues with the Eagles' offense. I do. You know, I, the one thing about the Raiders is I think you can kind of overpower their front to a degree, and the Eagles are the kind of front that can overpower you. You know, I look at that. If they can get a few Jalen Hurts run game plays involved in that and, you know, then just a few one-on-one matchups where Eagles receivers can win them against these, these Raiders uh, corners, like I, I, I'm going to go with the upset here. I am. I'm going to go Eagles 23-20 on the road. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, I, I had a hard time with this one because I still don't know how the dust is settling on the whole John Gruden thing. Right. They did get an unlikely win last weekend. It's possible the Broncos took them lightly, assuming that they were in dysfunction and disarray, and the Raiders managed to pull it together. Can they hold it together? We don't know. And the only way you do know is to be inside that organization as to how it's really materializing. You know, somebody suggested earlier this week that, Derek Carr may be better off without John Gruden. That we talked so much about how they were basically morphing into the same person. But as you said in the past, 
you enjoyed playing games when you played for Gruden because you didn't have to listen to him constantly chirping right. at you in practice. Right. Well, now Carr's able to go forward with the freedom of never having to deal with John Gruden. No doubt. Never having to hear from him. Never having to listen to him. I just wonder if that's creating a boost. I just don't know if what happened last week is sustainable. That's why I'm concerned. Because if it is, they win easily. I'm just not sure. These are non-football dynamics that are affecting the football analysis and assessment. I'm going Raiders 24-20 just as a close your eyes and throw a dart because I really don't know. I don't know what to think of the Eagles. They beat the Panthers, and then they hang tough with the Buccaneers, but they got dominated for so long. I don't think Jalen Hurts is the answer. No, he's not. And, hey, hey, this whole Deshaun Watson thing, Yeah, I think the Eagles are paying close attention. I think the Eagles are not necessarily at the table – but I think they're they're and in the, the conversation. lurking in the kitchen. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that may that may be a factor as the team gets ready for this game because those guys are hearing this chatter. I just I got to go twenty four twenty, but I don't feel very strongly about it. I guarantee you, it will not be one of my best bets. Yeah, I, I hear that. It's, it's it's just one of those games where I look at the matchup itself and go, "Yeah, the Raiders are a better team in totality." It doesn't necessarily mean they match up the best this week versus this team, and that's why. You know, ultimately, I'm, I'm going to make this one of my, my upsets this week and go with the Eagles. Texans at the Cardinals. The biggest spread of the week at 17.5. The Texans won in week one and have not won since then. The Cardinals have not lost this year, and I've been picking them to lose pretty consistently the past few weeks. They just keep winning over under 47.5. J.J. Watt getting a shot at the team that he played for for a decade I assume you like the Cardinals. Yeah. Do you like the Cardinals to cover a gigantic and massive spread? I, I, I do. You know, I mean, again, I was surprised to see it was that high. I guess I was expecting 13, 14, but I understand it being 17 and a half. I'm going Cardinals 34, 14 in this one. You know, yeah, how can you trust? I don't trust the Texans' offense in any capacity. I mean, you know, you got a rookie quarterback who's shown he will turn the ball over, uh, they don't have a great run game. And, you know, other than Brandon Cooks, there's no other guy to really look at to go, ooh, he can make a play here and there. So I don't trust that. And the Cardinals' defense is very diverse. They do a lot of different stuff. They got talent to go along with it. I think that makes it hard on a rookie quarterback. And, you know, a little like I've said about a few teams here, the Texans' defense, when I watch it on film, it's not horrible. Again, they did their best. Uh, to let the, the Texans hang in there last week. At, at halftime, the game was still in the balance because of the Texans' defense. But, you know, ultimately, they're a little too predictable on that side of the ball. It's too much cover, too, from Lovey Smith, and there isn't just enough talent on that side for me to go, oh, they're going to make a play or help the offense out and get a strip sack fumble or an interception. And we know this Cardinals offense is the real deal in every capacity, in every way. It really is. So that's why I go 34-14 Cardinals. Yeah, I've uh, I've got 34-17, or 41-17, excuse me, 41-17. So I have one more touchdown from the Cardinals. This would be the time for them to step in a trap because they have the Packers on a short week. But J.J. Watt's presence, I think, makes a difference. And I think the goal here is going to be, ideally, get out to a big lead, get some of the starters off the field, and and save them, get them ready for the Thursday night test with the Packers. The good news is they don't have to travel anywhere. The Packers are coming to them. So they're home. They stay home, get their guys some rest, get the lead, get them out of the game, and get ready for Thursday night, which should be one of the great games of the 
of the uh, season. 41-14 is my score, Pete. 41-14. 41-17. Let me see. Let me double check here. 41-14 is my score. Uh, and you've got 34-14. So basically it's the same thing. Okay. Bears. Bucks. Battlestar Galactica. 12.5 point favorite is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home over the Bears who are still, what are they? The 3-3? Three and three? They're 3-3. Three and three. They're at 500. Uh, 47 point over under. I think the Bucks win. I'm sure you think the Bucks win. The question is, do the Bucks cover that 12 and a half point spread? Yeah, I got them doing that. I'm going Bucks 31 17. I mean, hey, the Bears defense, we know it's good. It might, it might give the Bucks some issues and, you know, cause a three and out here and there. But I mean, the Bucks offense is just, it's too damn good in every way. It really is. And I, I just think, like, I just can't imagine Chicago making many stops on Tampa. Unless their pass rush just took over to some capacity, but I don't, you know, their pass rush is good. I'm not going to, I know they got, they're one of the tops in the league in sacks, but I don't think it's great. I don't go like, oh man, it's an unstoppable force and not against this Bucks offensive line. So as good as I like this Bears, or as much as I like this Bears defense, I just, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to hang in there forever. And then, you know, the Bears... Last week it was they had two drives. That's all they the first drive of the game and they had a drive in the fourth quarter. Everything in between was blah 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 blah. And if they can't run the ball, you know, they really don't have a chance as an offense. And guess what? There's no fucking way they're gonna run the ball against the Bucks. Oh Boom. how you like them apples. So uh yeah, because of that, you know, I think they hang around for a little bit, but thirty one seventeen bucks. Yeah, I've got 34-17. Same idea. I just think the Bucks at home with all those weapons, it's just too much. It's just too overpowering. And it's the biggest age difference ever, by the way, between Crazy. the starting quarterbacks from uh, Tom Brady to Justin Fields. I think we just had the biggest age difference a couple of weeks ago yeah, with Mac when it was Jones. Tom Brady and Mac Jones. Right. So, uh, And probably next year, there will be another biggest age difference ever as Tom Brady keeps going and a new crop of quarterbacks enters the NFL. All right, I've got 34-17. Similar reasoning as you. It could get uglier than that. I just think the Bucks this year, are they're finding their groove. They're dismayed by the fact that they've lost a game. They think they should be undefeated, and they're going to keep rolling maybe up until they host the Bills in Week 14. They may not lose again until then. Let's take a break. The primetime games for Week 7. Colts 49ers, Saints Seahawks. We'll tell you who we think are going to win those two games when PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton, presented by Under Armour, continue right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, the Joint Picks podcast. We do it every Thursday. And Chris, your podcast, unlike mine, is presented by Under Armour and you... Have a message for us. You know it. Yeah, keep working hard. Maybe you'll get sponsored by Under Armour one day, too. You know, keep dreaming big there, old-timer. You might get there one day. <laughs> I'm looking to make yeah, sure I yeah, don't make have sure any you don't. Yeah, logos thank you. again. I do that every Thursday. Well, we are supported by Under Armour. Just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. They are focused on performing better, like Florio and I, and taking their game to the next level, like Florio and I. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip they even make hoodies that reflect energy. 
man, I need to get one of those to reflect Florio's bad energy. We're not just about to end. We're not just about the end result, winning or glory. Under Armour is about the hard work, the dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering. We give you advantages, but no shortcuts here. The only way is through Under Armour. Yeah, like that. Good. Is that actually part of their new slogan, Under Armour? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I uh, added a little Kirk Cousins. You like that? You like yeah, that? <laughs> I had a flashback to the days where uh, you got your shoes at Pickway. Some of you out there may remember Pickway. Pickway, shoes I don't know that. That was the cheap, do a little research. I think Payless ended up buying Pickway. Oh, here Back we go. Back in my day. There's the piano. Back in my Pickway day, shoes. we used to walk through the that snow was, for 75 miles was, to get let me to tell Pickway. You something. <laughs> if you wanted to diss someone in grade school or middle school, you told them they bought their shoes at Pickway. <laughs> that was where you got the cheap, gotcha, low-cost shoes. Gotcha. The place you would never find the quality products that are on the menu of the folks at Under Armour. The only way is through. We must protect this house. Under Armour. Yeah! As uh, Chris would <laughs> <You're> say. <good. laughs> Sunday Night Football. Let's do it. Colts at the 49ers. Both teams a little desperate. You know, the Colts, I think, were getting excited Monday night. They think, oh, the Titans lose, and maybe we get in striking distance. Oh, the Titans won. Yeah. They're 2-4. and four. The 49ers are 2-3. and three. A little desperation time for the 49ers. <laughs> they may not make the playoffs, Chris. They lose this one. Oh, boy. They're in trouble. Four-point favorites are the 49ers at home. 44-point over-under. Who do you got? Yeah, I, I mean, th- listen, I look at this as being another game where I, I, it could be an upset. I do. I, I do think the Colts match up well with the 49ers football team. Uh, I, I think, you know, when really one of the big things comes down to me is just can the, four, can the Colts protect against the 49ers front and, and, you know, stop the bleeding that way. Offense has definitely been better. Running the ball well, big plays in the past game. You know, I'd always, honestly like to see them run the ball a little bit more. Uh, but, hey, this is a good front for the 49ers. There's no doubt about that. You said it. It's kind of a desperation-type football game for them. NFC West is tough. You know, and then flipping around, I do like the Colts' defense. There's no doubt. Um, but I, I just don't uh, – where I lost my thought here because I'm reading my notes. Oh, oh, okay. But the, the thing I want to – is like I think the Colts can slow down the, the 49ers' run game attack. It has not been as special. They're missing – you know, Raheem Mostert and some of the explosive elements at, at the running back position that make a 10-yard gain, a 40-yard gain, that hurts them, okay? And I'm not sure the 49ers' pass game can do enough to take advantage of what I look as the weakness of the Colts is their pass defense. You know, I mean, there's a reason, again, that, you know, uh, um, Lamar Jackson threw for over 400 yards a, a few weeks ago against this defense. Now, I don't think the 49ers are good enough to really take advantage of that, like I said, Um but I think that lays out a scenario where, man, a play here or they get the run game going, they could upset the 49ers. I just can't pick them yet. I just can't. I got to see them win one of these games, you know, first before I pick them. Saw them lost a similar game like this against the Rams. Saw them lost a similar game like this against the Seahawks. Saw them lost a similar game like this against the Ravens, even though they outplayed the Ravens. So I, I, I'm going to go 49ers 24-21, but I don't feel terribly confident about it. The, the 49ers still have the quarterback question marks. Jimmy Garoppolo was limited on Wednesday with his calf. Did not practice with Trey Lance with that knee injury that he injured in their last game and didn't know it until that night. So, I, I, you know, I think the wild card in this one 
we haven't mentioned his name, DeForest Buckner. Yeah, I, uh, you're you're right. <clears throat> that's that's why I I lean Colts. I, I I think Buckner justifiably salty about the 49ers not paying him, trading him. Now he got the money he wanted, but this is a homecoming that I think is going to go largely overlooked. Buckner has the potential to F up the play on any given play. The 49ers have had so many injuries. Their offense has underperformed this year in large part because of the injuries. The defense hasn't been great, not nearly as good as we thought it would be. I just think that the 49ers aren't as good as we think. And we're still intoxicated a bit by what they did in 2019 when they were wire-to-wire great and were within seven minutes of winning the Super Bowl with a 10-point lead that they blew. I just don't think they're as good as we think they are. And on national TV, it's going to be the the the, uh, the kind of what happened to them the last time we saw them on Sunday Night Football. They were down seventeen nothing, and they almost pulled it off. I I I just I have a feeling about this is pasta and meatballs. Yeah, I hear you, Mike. I had the same win. feeling. Yeah, I had the same feeling. I did. I'm I'm, I'm with and you. I hope I'm I hope I'm the lone wolf on the graphic on Sunday night when we do the picks. I hope everybody else is on the 49ers because I'm on the Colts. And see, that's the thing. For everybody else, we don't know what their picks are going to be until Sunday night. So we can't play that game. But, uh, you know, everybody else knows our picks if they even care because we lock in on Thursday. But I'm locking in. I'm taking a hand off the checker. Give me the Colts 24-20. And, and, I mean, I'm with you, man. I went back and forth to this one, too. It's just Quentin Nelson might play, right? And to your point... I do. If they can protect Carson Wentz a little bit, they will win the game. I just I don't know if I I trust it yet. I don't know, and that's that's where you know I, I got to see Colts like I said win one of these games first before I can pick them. I can't remember who said this, or I would give them credit because I'm all about giving people credit. But I saw somebody on Twitter say that Jonathan Taylor is becoming what Saquon Barkley was supposed to be, and that's not an inaccurate assessment of where Jonathan Taylor is. He had 144 yards and two touchdowns, 145 and two touchdowns last week against the Texans. You know, he he, he could uh, run wild against the 49ers as well. And, you know, this, this is a, an opportunity for the Colts to get a little redemption yeah. for their primetime game from two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, no doubt. Right. Ultimately urinated down their leg. All right, Monday Night Football. The Saints coming off their bye, four-and-a-half-point favorites at Seattle, over-under a 42-and-a-half, another Geno Smith game. Jameis Winston, Geno Smith, a little Taysom Hill, assuming he's healthy and good to go. Uh, who do you like and why? I, I do like the Saints, like hands down. And I think this is going to be one of my best bets. I do. I don't think it's a great matchup for the Seattle team. I don't. You know, first off, hey, as long as the Saints don't play over-aggressive on defense – they should they they should be able to stop the Seahawks offense. They got a ton of big people up front. They're one of the be- they're the best run stopping defense in football. Not named the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They don't need to overcommit and let DK Metcalf or Tyrell Lockett you know on an island too often because that's the to me the only way they lose this game. There's no doubt. And you know I don't know the Seahawks. You know will they open it up a little bit more? I think they were a little way too conservative last week with, with Geno Smith. I do. So I, I do wonder what their offense is going to look like. But then the, this is the, the other side, I think, is what's troubling too. I mean, I, I would be shocked if the Saints can't run the ball all over Seattle. And if they can't, it means Seattle is going to way overplay the run. And you're going to see Jameis Winston, Sean Payton specials, play action passes, gashing them. So that's where I look at that. And um, I, I'm going to go Saints 28-17 in this one. 
I got 28-20 Saints for a lot of the same reasons you think. And I think the Saints are at a point where they got to start stringing some wins together. Yeah. They got on the right side of it with their most recent game, but it's been win-loss, win-loss, win, week off, time to get a win, time to keep moving in the right direction. Seahawks going to fall to 2-5. and five. And at some point, at some point, at some point, people are going to start wondering whether or not Pete Carroll is inching toward the hot seat in Seattle because that team is falling apart. And I know they don't have Russell Wilson, but they don't have much around Russell Wilson either, and it's it's being exposed now that Wilson isn't playing. Let's take a break. Did I say 28-20? I did. You did. I did. Did I say 28-20? All right. I did. Uh, our best bets and our Folsom Prison Blues pick when PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned presented by Under Armour continues right after this. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned presented by Under Armour, my favorite segment of the show, best bets and Folsom Prison Blues, where the money is made unless it isn't. Chris, you're up first with your best bet. Give me your first one. Uh, I'm going to go with the um, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, uh, you know, up in Seattle, I am. That's the first one I'm going to go to. I just think it's a bad matchup for Seattle. A week off for Sean Payton and company. I think they'll fix some of their issues. They're going to stop that Seahawks run game. And of course, I think they'll be able to move the ball in the Seahawks defense. So I'm going there first. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. I've been riding the Packers recently. I think the lines, for whatever reason, have been too low. It's just one of those gut feeling. I see it and I say, that's not enough. The Packers are far more than seven and a half points better than the Washington football team. The Packers, I think, are going to try to do what the Cardinals are going to do. Roll up a big lead, get some guys from the starting lineup some rest because they got the big trip to Arizona coming up on a short week. So I love the Packers given seven and a half. Yeah, okay. Man, I want to I I want to pick the Eagles as a best bet, but I just can't do it. I just can't. You know what? The hell with that. I am. I'm going to pick it. That's what wow. I originally thought. I'm going to wow. do it. I am. I am. I'm not because I'm going to be mad at myself if it works out and I'm going to go, "Well, that was just one of my original thoughts. I'm going with the Eagles. I think they match up really well with the Raiders, you know." And I, I guess what I'm, what I'm a little scared of is I was shocked to see this point spread was three. I thought it was going to be a little bit more than that. And I was like, well, a field goal, I think they'll definitely keep it within that. If it was three and a half or four, I would be with the Eagles all day long. I'm still going to ride them because I think they're going to win the football game. Rams given 15 to the Lions. It is going to be ugly. It is going to be messy. It is going to be a destruction by the Rams of the Detroit Lions. So I have no hesitation given 15. All right, I'll go with the Bucks as my third one. That's where I'm going to go. It was between the Bucks and the Cardinals. I don't know. I'm just going to trust the Bucks here in this one. I just think they're going to give the Bears' defense offense a hard time. And I just, again, as much as I like the Bears' defense, this Bucks offense is a different animal, and they're just too good. Last one for me, and this one just came to me as we were doing our last segment, and I saw the over-under for the Monday night game at 42.5. And we only got 13 games this week, and there really isn't anything else that is screaming out at me. I'm going the over. I think 42.5 is too low. These primetime games have been nutty with a lot of points. I think it's going to go over 42.5 on Monday night. All right, Folsom Prison Blues. I'll go Cardinals. Who's your pick? I'll go Cardinals. I'll go Rams. Okay. I'll go Rams. Easy one Go Texans. Go Texans. Go Lions. They can give you a double time. whammy. Come on. Please bet responsibly and don't listen to the man with the little head. See ya. See you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 